A blessed Sunday, brothers and sisters in Christ, and a happy Chinese New Year to all of you. Today, we are going to continue on our journey through the book of Jeremiah. And um, this is the fifth Sunday, actually, that we have been talking, uh, journey through the book of Jeremiah. Now, my question to you is, what has God been telling you these past few weeks as we journey with Him, as we journey through His Word in Jeremiah? Has He been convicting us of our sins? Have He been exposing our idols? Have He been calling us back to obedience? I'm sure God is speaking. He always does. The question is, are we listening? And I hope if there's one thing that is clear from the book of Jeremiah is that it is dangerous if we do not listen to our God. And so I hope that every time we come here every Sunday, we listen to God's Word, we reflect on it, we think about it. Let's ask God, Lord, what word are you giving to me today? Help me to obey. Because that is what I believe the people that Jeremiah, Jeremiah wants for his people to listen to the Lord. Today we'll be studying our favorite verse in the book of Jeremiah. Okay? Jeremiah 29, 11. I will read this passage from the NIV because this is the favorite version of many people of this verse. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29:11. Sino dito favorite niyo tong verse na to from the Bible? Okay, I can see a few hands. Talaga, you know, this is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. Both Christians and non-Christians, you know, know this Bible verse and quote this Bible, this particular verse and find it very inspiring and empowering. Now the question is, do we understand what it truly means? You know, this is not only one of the most beloved verses in the Bible, but also one of the most misunderstood. Misunderstood. Why? Because many claim this promise from the Scriptures, believing that God will bring them prosperity, riches, long life, just as the verse seems to promise. But the question is, is that what Jeremiah 29:11 really promising us? really promising God's people. You know, if you look at the immediate context of this beloved verse, it is actually not as positive as people deem it to be. No, it's not. Just, you, you, if you don't believe me, you know, just look at the verse that precedes it. In verse 10, Sabedon, for thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. Wait, what? 70 years? 70 years? Oh, by the way, no, uh, Jeremiah 29, actually, the whole chapter is a letter Jeremiah sent to the first batch of Israelites who were captured, who were already captured and exiled to Babylon. So, nauna na, no? And so can you imagine, can you imagine, kakarating lang nila, they just got there in Babylon, and they're, so they're probably thinking, gano pa ba katagal? How long will I have to stay here? Lord, when are you sending us home? 
And then later, they received this letter from Jeremiah. And to answer their question, sabi ni Jeremiah, sorry, not anytime soon. Take it slow. Because you will be there for 70 years. Can you imagine? 70 years. 70 years is already a lifetime for many people. A lifetime. So if you're going to put it in our context, you know, this 70-year exile in Babylon is actually like a life sentence in prison. Para kang na in prison and then life sentence hanggang mamatay ka, nasa prison ka. You know? So my brothers and sisters who loves this verse very much, sorry, but I have to break it to you. Jeremiah 29, 11, your favorite Bible verse is actually part of a letter telling you that you are sentenced for life. Life sentence yan. So my question to you, is this still your favorite verse? Yes, may tumutumo. That's good! Because, you know, if this is still your favorite verse, it is a beautiful verse. Understand, now, understanding the seemingly harsh situation the exiles were in when God gave this promise, it will actually encourage you more. This should not discourage you from liking this verse. Instead, it should make you appreciate its beauty, appreciate it more because it gives you the assurance that even though you are experiencing dark times, even though you are undergoing the painful rod of discipline from God, if you are indeed a child of God, you can be sure that God intends all of these hardships, this discipline, for your good. For your good. And all you need to do is to trust in Him. Trust in Him. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 29, God's want, God wants to tell His people and us today that in life you will prosper in if you trust God's discipline. In life, you will prosper in if you trust God's discipline. So, let us keep our Bibles open. If you have your Bibles with you, keep them open to Jeremiah 29. And let us learn what it means to trust in God's discipline. If you have electronic Bibles, that is okay. You can turn them with me also to Jeremiah 29. Can I see a thumbs up if you guys are there? Okay, good. No, I hope you guys are bringing your Bible every Sunday. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Jeremiah 29 is actually a letter. A letter that was sent by the prophet Jeremiah to the first batch of Israelites exiled to Babylon. We see that in the opening verse, actually. In verse 1, if you look at your Bible, it says, These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles, and to the priests, and to the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So by this time, Jerusalem was not completely destroyed yet, but actually the exile is actually dahan-dahan. There's many waves to it, and there were already people that has been exiled by this time. And by now, we should already understand the reason why God's people were exiled to Babylon, no? It's our sixth Sunday in the book of Jeremiah, but for those who have missed the past few weeks' sermon, the simple reason they were exiled it's because 
they have continually sinned against God through their idolatry, through their sexual immorality and social injustice. Paulit-ulit, in spite of God's continuous warning, He sent Jeremiah many times to speak, but they did not listen. The people did not repent. And so by this time, the punishment is irreversible. They have to face God's punishment, and that is exile to Babylon. The punishment is exile to Babylon. But, you know, this is more than just punishment. This is actually God's loving discipline to His people. Discipline yan. My purpose. You know, and the end goal of every loving discipline is never punishment for punishment's sake. It's never condemnation. That's never the end goal of every discipline. Repentance, which leads to restoration, that is the end goal of discipline. You know, just like a loving parent would gently but firmly discipline their children to teach them what is right and wrong, God, as their father, would discipline his own children because he loves them. Who here are parents already? Okay? Many of you guys are parents. And you know, and sino dito mga children? Okay, I'm sure if you are a parent, you have already disciplined your child. If you are a child, you have been already been disciplined by your parents because that is what a loving parent would do to teach us what is right from wrong, to teach us from what is good for us and what would harm us. God does the same thing to his own children because he loves them. This exile was not done out of anger, no, but out of love, out of love. How do we know this to be true? Read God's instruction for the exiles in Babylon. In verse 4 to 6, Sabidon, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. Multiply. Build families. You know, if this was simply judgment, God could have just condemned them to death. Sige, mabulok na kayo dyan. That's condemnation. But no, God is actually telling them in exile, live, continue on living. Don't stop your lives just because you're in exile. Build houses, plant gardens, eat. Build a family, find a spouse, multiply. Where did you hear the same words? Where did you hear that same words from the Bible? During what? Creation, tama ba? That's what he told Adam and Eve in the garden where God was with them. What do we see here? You see, trusting in God's discipline may be puzzling. We won't understand what God is doing, but, you know, in God's loving discipline, you can be sure that God is still there for you, that He will not abandon you. You can be sure of God's state sustaining presence. Yes, many times God's discipline seems puzzling. 
Just read that what God tells His people in verse 7. Basahin nyo, sabi niya, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. God not only tells His people to live, but also to pray and seek the welfare of their captors. Yun ang destroy sa city nila, yung nag-capture sa kanila to be exiled, pray for them daw. Tamot ulo ka, Lord, bakit pa? Di ba? Gusto nga namin makaalis dito. Ba't ko ba sila pag-pray? You know, the Hebrew word for welfare here is shalom. Meaning, peace, welfare, or prosperity. Yes, shalom is not only peace. It actually means welfare or prosperity. They are to pray for the shalom for Babylon because through Babylon's shalom thou God will give His people shalom, shalom, peace, welfare, prosperity. Now let me ask you, does, this, does all this sound like judgment or condemnation to you? No, it does not. Because it's not. It is God's loving discipline. Even in punishment, God never leaves nor forsakes His people. Even in the midst of exile, God was with them. That's how you know, and that's how we get comfort in God's discipline. Because when God disciplines us, He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's still there with us. In fact, you know, this not only reminds me of the Garden of Eden, but also of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Ano ba yung promise ni God? Sabi niya, I will make you, I'll make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whom the dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Yun yung promise ni God, di ba? Sabi niya, pray for the shalom of Babylon. You see, even in exile, they are going to be a blessing to their captors. They're blessing to the world. You need proof that this really happened. You need proof. Look at another prophetic book. The prophet, Daniel. Daniel was actually included among the first batch who was exiled to Babylon. So he was one of those who received this letter. Through Daniel and his friends, the kingdom, what happened to the kingdom of Babylon? It prospered, Tamava. The king entrusted his nation, his kingdom to Daniel. Why? Because God was with Daniel even while in exile. And God took care of Daniel and his people. He blessed them even in the midst of exile, in the midst of discipline, and made them a blessing even to Babylon. That's how God's blessing worked, this God's discipline worked. Trusting in God's discipline may be puzzling, but you can be sure of God's sustaining presence. When God disciplines his children, he never leaves them. He sustains them even in the midst of punishment. You know, God disciplined, God disciplined us in different ways. Sometimes, He disciplined us by making us face the direct consequence of our specific sins. But usually, God's discipline comes through the different hardships and challenges in life that He allows us to face day by day. And as we are going through God's discipline, we tend to think, you know, galit sa akin si Lord. I'm far away from the Lord. He's far away from me or that He has forsaken me. But brothers and sisters, the opposite is actually true. 
when God disciplines his children. God's promise to always be with us goes both ways, you know? It, it is a promise to be with us when we are good. And it's actually a promise to stick with us and work with us even when we are bad. I love what, this, uh, I love what Pastor Brian Chappelle wrote. He says, when God says, I will not leave you alone, he is not only promising his continuing presence, he is promising holy confrontation when we abandon him. A parent who loves his child will never forsake his children just because they did something bad. A parent who loves their children chase after them, works with them, disciplines them to restore them back to their good. That's the promise when God says, I will not leave you. So brothers and sisters, don't lose hope when you are experiencing God's discipline. Never think he has abandoned you. Na give up na siya sayo. No. The fact that he is discipling you, uh, disciplining you, is proof that he is with you. And he hasn't lost hope in you. Kung pinapangaralan ka pa ng Diyos, alam mo, may pag-asa ka pa. Hindi pa nag-give up si Lord sa'yo. You know, trusting in God's discipline may be puzzling, but you can be sure of God's sustaining presence. Remember, in life, you will prosper in if you trust God's discipline. Now that we understand what God wants them to do during exile, let's now understand no, what God wants them not to do during exile. Look at your Bibles. In verse 8 and 9, it says there, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. You know, even in exile, God continues to warn his people to avoid these false prophets among them and never heed their prophecies. Remember, no, that there were prophets. In verse 1, we see all the prophets were included in the exile. And so even in captivity, even in exile na, they were still spreading false prophecies. What were they prophesying that is opposed to God's message? Ano ba? No? What were they saying? You can turn your Bibles one, uh, ano, uh, one chapter before, no, chapter 28, but actually it's in my PowerPoint as well. It says there, thus says the Lord of hosts, by the way, this is not Jeremiah, this is the prophet Hananiah, no, prophesying in the Lord. Sabi niya, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon, declares the Lord, for I will break the yoke of, king, of the king of Babylon. The false prophet prophesies that the exile will only last how many years? Ilan? Two years lang daw. Wow! You know, two years, that seems bearable, that seems fair, realistic. Tama ba? Actually, if you read to chapter 28, even Jeremiah hoped that it was true. Sabi niya, sana nga, totoo yan sinasabi mo, sana nga, 
Two years lang makabalik na sila. But you know, God quickly rebuked and punished this false prophet for spreading false hope to the people. And if you look at the last verse of chapter 28, you will see there the false prophet Hananiah was punished and died that year. Because the exile was not gonna last two years. How many years? 70 years. Much, much longer. That is why God commanded Jeremiah to send a letter immediately to the exile so that they will not think it will just be two years because it's going to be 70. This is already a life sentence. Life sentence yan, 70. Why does God have to make His discipline that long? Bakit? Bakit napakahaba ng discipline ni Lord? You want to know the answer? Ayon ata. You guys want to know the answer? What? Why 70 years? You want? Let me tell you. Listen carefully. The answer is, I don't know. We don't know. We don't know why God's discipline need to take 70 years. God did not say why. He did not lay down a timetable, no schedule of events. There is no, okay, first 10 years, morning period kayo. Next 10 years, historical review, remember why you are here, what you did. The middle 40 years, evaluation and reflection, tell me what you learned and let me check if pwede na kayong bumalik. And then last 10 years, reorientation tayo as you return to the promised land. Okay, we're set. No, walang ganung plan, binigay si Lord. God did not explain why 70 years. There is no 70-year, 70-point plan. But even though God did not lay down His plans, He did give them a promise and an assurance that there is a plan. After 70 years, I will visit you and fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to the land I gave you. For I know the plans I have for you. You know, many times if we have to take that long, we wait on God. Nagi creep in in our head, eh, no? May plan ba talaga si Lord? O talagang iniwan niya na lang ako? But God is telling His people, no. I will fulfill my promise and I have a plan. And God wants us to do is to trust that He will fulfill His promise and trust that He has a plan. And let me tell you, 70 years plan, he did fulfill it. If you look at Ezra 1 verse 1 to 3, it's in our PowerPoint. Let, let me read it to you. Sabi niya, in the first year of King Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. This was the edict that, that commanded the exiles to go back. You know, this record in Book of Ezra about the decree to allow the Jews to return to Jerusalem was dated to be 538 B.C. 538 B.C. You know, 
the first group of exile taken to Babylon happened when? It was estimated to be around 607 BC. So 607, the first exile, the first return, 538. Minus mo. 70 years apart. 70 years. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ, trusting in God's discipline may seem prolonged. But here's what he promised. His timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect. God's discipline may seem longer than we might expect. It can be one month. It could be one year. It could be 30 years. It could be a lifetime. It may be much, much longer than what we think we can bear. It might even make us think that God has already forgotten about us. But God wants us to know that His timing is always perfect. And He will fulfill His promises in His appointed time. Not our time. Not the time that we expect. Lord, baka two years, pwede na. No. Not our time, but His time. You know, the Apostle Peter actually reminds us, and this was included in uh, Pastor Jansen's prayer in 2 Peter verse 3-9, to The Lord, it's not slow to fulfill His promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. What does this tell us? It tells us to trust and wait for the Lord's time. And during the time of waiting, during the time of discipline, as we wait, God wants us to repent and come back to Him. When you feel that God is taking so long, ibisabihin, God still wants you to repent. That is what God actually planned to accomplish for His children in times of discipline. Look at verse 12 to 13 of Jeremiah 29. Sabi na, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What was the problem of the Judeans who, who, who were exiled? Idolatry. They never come back to God. They, 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 they abandon God. But after 70 years, this is what they will do. They will come back to God. They will pray to Him. You see, the goal of God's discipline is to bring us to repentance. And He will accomplish it no matter how long it takes. Kung gano'ng katagal kailangan natin, gano'ng katagal ang pasensya ni Lord. You know, we might think we can do it in a shorter period of time, Lord, two years, magabago na ako. But let me tell you, God knows us better than we know ourselves. You know, I remember when I was in grade school, I had a Chinese tutor from grade 3 to grade 4. May tutor ako. And when I turned grade 5, medyo kegaw ako, I told my mom, I don't need a tutor anymore. My tutor doesn't teach me much anyway, konti lang. I usually just sit there in the corner on a table and I study on my own. And kung ready na ako, my tutor will just test me if I'm ready. Kung totoong ready na ba ako. Pero sarili pa rin ako nag-aaral. Kaya sabi ko sa mama ko, ma, ayoko na, grade 5, hindi ko na kailangan ng tutor. And so my mom granted my request. You know, I didn't have tutor for during my fifth grade. And when the school year ended, I failed three Chinese subjects. Songhap, Chokbun, Shadi. 
Pati Chowson, pati siya, di baksak. <laughs> And I, you know, praise God, I thank God na summer class lang. No, dapat kung tatlo baksak, repeat ka na eh. Pero, song hap, chokbun, tsaka siya, di yung dalawa, napaka minor. Napaka minor na nga lang, binaksak pa, no? And so, I had to take summer classes for those subjects. Grade 6, guess where I was? I was back with a Chinese tutor again. You know, many times we think in our time, kaya na natin. But God knows better. No? Pastor Lisa Bevere writes, Sometimes arriving too quickly is detrimental. It is dangerous to arrive without our character mature or intact. You know, during times of discipline, trust in the Lord's timing. Wag tayo magmadali. Because God is working. Through God's discipline, He's working in us. He is molding us. He is teaching us to repent. And as we wait for His re- restoration, let us learn to come back to Him. If you feel it's too long, never think that He has forsaken you because He won't. Never think that He has forgotten about you because He never will. He never will. Kahit ganumang kasamayan nagawa mo. You know, Charles Spurgeon wrote, He who counts the stars and calls them by name is in no danger of forgetting his own children. He who counts the stars and calls them by name is in no danger of forgetting his own children. UECP, remember that trusting God, trusting in God's discipline may seem prolonged, but His timing is always perfect. And the promise is that in life, you will prosper in if you trust God's discipline. Trust God's discipline. And indeed, undergoing God's discipline is never easy. Many times, it's confusing or puzzling. In those times, God wants us to focus on obeying Him, trust in Him, that He will be there for us, that even in discipline, times of discipline, He continues to provide for us. Many times, it would seem, God's discipline would seem prolonged. But as we wait, God wants us to repent and come back to Him. And most of the time, if not always, God's discipline is painful, masakit. And we might be tempted to think, you know, God is angry at us, and that is why we are suffering. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, this is simply not true. Yes, God's discipline will be painful. And we might think that we're experiencing that pain because He's angry at us, but anger is never the motivation for God's discipline. No. Discipline is always driven by love. And that is why God gave us this beautiful verse in Jeremiah 29:11. Sabi niya, ito ESV na. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Again, welfare, shalom. You know, God gives His people this assurance that His discipline has a purpose. And that purpose is not to destroy us, but instead to lead us back to repentance, for us to go back to Him. The end goal is never to harm us, but actually to restore us back to Him, to experience His goodness, His blessing. 
It may be in this lifetime or the next, we don't know. But it's always to restore us. Brothers and sisters, trusting in God's discipline may be painful, but it will always lead to our prosperity, to our shalom, to our welfare. Look at your Bibles. It says there in verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Now you might think God just came up with this plan when the people sinned against Him. Na ginawa lang to ni God na plan during the time of Jeremiah, but no, it's not. God planned this already when He established His covenant with Israel. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 30 later on, read it, and you will see the same promise. You will find the same promise given by God, that when they sin, they will be driven away. When they repent, after God will bring them back to the land. That has always been the plan. And by knowing this, we see how wise God is. The things that he does are never the things, you know, he just thought about, ah, ito, ganito na lang gagawin ko. No. He actually planned it all from the very beginning. His disciplines are never just reaction or overreaction as some people might think it to be. Grabe naman si Lord magpanish. No. Our God is intentional. He's intentional in restoring us back. His painful discipline to His children is never intended to harm, but actually the opposite. God intends it for our good, to prosper us, to give us a hope and a what? Future. You see, God does not give His children life sentences. 70 years mukhang life sentence yun, no? Instead, He sentences us for life. What do I mean? His sentence of discipline is meant to give us a future, a hope, a life. What does, that is what I mean by sentenced for life. His, his sentence, his discipline, is meant to give us life. Where our sin, which we love so much, seeks to destroy us, God's discipline, which we often despise, seeks to restore us. I love this quote by an Anglican pastor named William Gurnall. He says, God's wounds cure, sin's kisses kill. God's wounds cure. It might be painful, but it will cure. And sin's kisses, it might be sweet, but it will kill. Brothers and sisters in Christ, trusting God's discipline may be painful, but you can be assured that it will always lead to your prosperity, to your shalom. If you are a child of God, He will definitely discipline you because He loves you. Just like any loving parent would. That is why the Bible teaches us in Proverbs and reminds us in Hebrews 12, verse 5 to 6, sabi niya, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when He rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one He loves and He chastens everyone He accepts His son. If He disciplines you, you know you are His child. You know, as the head of the family, it's my task to discipline my children. And as much as possible, 
you know, kung may ginawa silang mali, medyo galit pa ako, I will wait for myself to calm down before I discipline my discipline them. So that I would know I'll be doing this not out of anger but out of love. And before I, ex- I punish them, I explain to them why I have to do it. Bakit ko siya papaluin, bakit sila grounded, no? And why it has to be painful. I always tell them, it has to be painful. Because I always tell them that the pain is actually for their good. Because the pain they, they will feel will help them remember the consequences of their actions. And I tell them, the pain that they feel in discipline will never be as painful as the real consequences of their actions when they commit those mistakes as adults. You know, our discipline to our children, the pain that they feel will never be as painful. Mas grabe yung pain when they commit that same mistake when they're older. And so I always explain to them before and after the punishment that I have to do this because I love them. And I do love my kids. And I actually feel guilty kung, kung hindi ko napapansin yung mga maling ginagawa niya hindi ko siya discipline because I feel that I'm bringing them more to harm than good. And that's why now as a father, I understand better what is the heart and the purpose of God's discipline. The heart of it is love. The purpose of it is repentance. The end goal is restoration. And how can I be sure na ganun nga ba talaga? How do I know, know na hindi talaga to punishment or condemnation ni God? Ito mga paghihirap na pinagdadaanan natin. How do I know for sure? Romans 8 verse 31 to 32 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? He who did not spare his own son, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? All things includes God's discipline. How can we sure that God's discipline is for us and not against us? If you feel confused, if you feel it hard to trust in God's discipline, look to Jesus. Remember that what he did on the cross is already the payment for all our sins. Therefore, for those who will put their trust in God, God will never condemn them for their sin. And so the discipline is never condemnation. He disciplines them to restore them from their sin. Brothers and sisters, are you going through God's discipline today? Do you sometimes feel that God has left you or forsaken you because of your sins? Do you feel sometimes that God's discipline is taking too long, napakatagal, Lord, hindi ko natakaya? Do you feel, sometimes feel that the pain of His discipline is a bit unbearable? And it's making you question if He loves you? If you feel that way, Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and remember that God is there for you even in times of discipline. Look to Jesus and remember that His timing is always perfect and He will fulfill His promise to restore. Look to Jesus and remember that He has already paid for your sins on the cross. 
Therefore, the pain that you're experiencing now is never condemnation because Christ already paid for it. Instead, it is discipline to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future, and never to harm you. Brothers and sisters, you ECP, in life you will prosper in if you trust God's discipline. And you can trust God's discipline by fixing your eyes on Jesus, knowing that he has already paid for the consequences of your sins. I want to end with a quote from another 17th century English pastor named Samuel Bolton. Here's what he says. It must always be remembered that although Christ has borne the punishment of sin, and although God has forgiven the saints for their sins, yet God may correct his people in a fatherly way for their sin. Christ endured the great shower of wrath, the black and dismal hours of displeasure for sin. That which falls upon us is as a sunshine shower, warmth with wetness, wetness with the warmth of his love to make us fruitful and humble. That which the believers suffer for sin is not penal, arising from vindictive justice, but medicinal, arising from a fatherly love. It is his medicine, not his punishment, his chastisement, not his sentence, his correction, and not his condemnation. Brothers and sisters, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you welfare and a hope and a future. This is God's promise that is fulfilled and proven through his son Jesus. So let us fix our eyes on Jesus as we continue to be blessed with God's discipline. Let us pray. Father in heaven, just want to thank you for today. Thank you for giving us this beautiful verse in Jeremiah 29, 11. Lord, it might not be the way what we expected it to be, but it teaches us a more wonderful thing. That you, are, you love us so much to give up on us. That you love us so much to make sin destroy us. So instead, you discipline us, your children. Discipline us. It might take long. It might be painful. It might be confusing, Lord. But we know through Jeremiah 29, 11, Lord, that your discipline is part of your perfect plan. It does not seek to harm us. Instead, it's meant to give us life. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God who never gives up on your children who chase after them, who disciplines them, and brings us to the right path. So, Father, help us to trust in your discipline by fixing our eyes on Jesus. This is our prayer in his mighty name. Amen and amen.